teaching. The word of God is designed to make me new. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You're so gracious and you're so kind. We thank you that the word is alive. It yep. is more powerful than any two-edged sword. It divides between the spirit and soul. We thank you that the word contains the power to bring itself to pass. We thank you that this is not a fairy tale. This is not a fable. And this is not just historical information. But this is literally the very life of God that we have the ability to plant in our hearts and produce the life of God in our own lives. We thank you that we don't have to do it by ourselves. We thank you that we have the Holy Ghost who leads us into all truth. Holy Spirit, come and do what you do. Open up our eyes. Open up our ears. Show us the stony places in our heart. Show us the stubborn places in our heart. Show us the religious places in our heart. Bring us into truth. Now, we declare that anytime we can see, hear, and understand the word, that we shall be converted. Shall be converted. And we declare that today is our conversion day. Yes. We declare that today is a day that we elevate. Today is a day we become more Christ-like. Today is a day that we grow and become. Today is a day that we let go of bad habits. Today is the day that we step out of sin. We will be exactly who you called us to be. It is your will regarding us and yes. we take hold of it by faith and we believe that we receive in Jesus name. Now you say it, you know what we're going to say. Somebody is about to be blessed today. It's me. It's me. It's me. It will be me. The word blessed means empowered to prosper. Mm -hmm. Someone is going to get a word today and you're going to learn how to take authority over <laughs> depression. You're going to learn how to take authority over anxiety. You're going to learn how to take authority over um, sexual sin. You're going to learn how to take authority over poverty. You are going to learn who you are. It is you. It's me. It's us. Let's Amen. go, champion. Amen. Amen. So Amen. you guys remember last week we uh we got we started talking about the power and authority that belongs to us as believers. And uh it was interesting because we we started in Colossians and we asked you guys on this week to actually go through uh Colossians on a daily basis mm -hmm. and read at least one script, one one verse of it or or something in Colossians 2 uh, 11 through 15. Uh because you can you can literally I was posting uh, like ele verse 11 one day, 12 the next, 13 the next, because you can literally just take a sentence and begin to milk that. Yes. And that's really what we were kind of talking about, that there is power and there's authority on the inside of us. But you have to ask the question, where does that power and authority come from? Well, we know it comes from Jesus Christ and all that he did. Yes. But we also know that Jesus Christ and his word are one. Yes. So if you if you don't get the word of God, on the inside of you, then you it, it becomes more uh, difficult to produce the power that's been made available to you. It's not that you are diminished in power. It's that you have a, a, a more difficult time producing that power out of you. Uh, and the reason that is so important is because we understand that that life happens, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we life is going to happen in such a way that there'll be things that will come uh, that we didn't plan for. There'll be things that will happen to us uh, in life that, that literally took us off guard. We call it a sucker punch. Yes. Uh, that you'll get sucker punched by life. But when you get sucker punched by life, you have to be able to, to, to reach on the inside of you and pull out that word. Yes. And the difference is, is when the word resides in your head, Mm. It doesn't have the same ability as when it resides in your heart. That's good. And so the only way to, to, to really make that sense, to make sense of that is we started talking last week about why people needed to meditate mm -hmm. on scripture, why they need to think about scripture. Uh, and so that's kind of what we got to on, on last week, which I, which, which for me, then, then zeroed in for me to say, okay, if meditation is important, then we need to really understand, you know, how meditation works. And it just so happens that uh, one of my spiritual mentors was actually teaching a class last Friday and I, I joined his master class. And in that master class, he gave four key components uh, about the mechanisms of meditation. Yeah, that's good. And I had never really thought about it, but I was like, wow, you know, we, we, we read scripture like Joshua 1 and 8. And in Joshua 1 and 8, um, you know, it says something like this book of the law should not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein. I think it says day and night. 
so that thou can do according to, to all that is written uh, therein. So then thou shalt make, make thy way, way prosperous, prosperous and, and have, have good, good success. success. Uh, you know, and if, if you if you look at that particular scripture there, uh, this look it says this book of the law. Well, we know they were talking about the Pentateuch. They were talking about the first five books that they had, and they was like this book of the law. It shall not depart out. It shall not depart out of thy mouth. In other words, whatever's in this book is what you ought to be saying. Yes. He says, uh, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And That's so, really uh, you know, when I was uh, Dr. Ivy here, you was talking about this particular thing. And I thought, man, this goes right in line with what we were saying last week, because he gave four key components uh, of meditation. Uh, and these four key components, when you start to think about it, these four key components are verbalization. That's what he just said. He said, this book of the law shall what? Not depart out of their mouth. You got to be saying something. Got to say so, what so God is verbalization. Saying. If I'm going to yes. be meditating, it's verbalization. And then the second thing he says is that it's visualization. It's visualization. So last week we talked about how, you know, I was saying how I always, when I read the word, I get these pictures in my mind because these pictures help to uh, solidify abstract concepts for us into concrete ways that's really good and then he said the third thing has got to be internalization well internalization doesn't happen here it happens in the heart mm -hmm. and so you got a verbal got to have verbalization visualization uh internalization and then repetition very good. that's why we yeah. say you can't despise repetitive teaching it's why i got to be able to say to make my confessions every day because all of these things verbalization visualization internalization and repetition all make up what meditation is so if meta, if you if you're reading a scripture right and you read it and you don't think about it the rest of the day that's not that's not meditation just be, or just because you memorize it notice memorization is not one of the components memorization is not one of the components it's not one of the components is verbalization which means I'm talking about what God's talking about I'm talking about God's word are you talking about what God is talking about and then when I'm talking about it am I am I creating uh, animation can you see pictures it? graphs diagrams is it something that I'm creating in my mind so that this uh visualization takes some abstract thought and now makes it concrete for my life well and this is really important because you know that I do this example um in my soulship class where I talk about how your mind doesn't know the difference between what's real sure. and what's not real mm -hmm. right so everybody say that your mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not real it's the reason that you can have a dream you had a dream mm -hmm. the other night mm -hmm. about riding your Peloton. Mm -hmm. And what happened when you woke up? My legs were sore. <laughs> in your pel in the Peloton, you're yeah. you're riding the Peloton yeah. in your in dream, dream, not in real life, right? right? You're having a competition yeah. in your dream. In dream. And when you wake up, your body is responding yeah. to what yeah. you are dreaming. Yeah. What people don't realize is that most of us are proficient in visualization of the mm -hmm. negative. Mm -hmm. We are we are proficient. Yes. It, it's one of the reasons I say we don't have to go to darkness to get free. Mm -hmm. It's the reason that at some point you don't need to go back and rehearse anymore who rejected you, right. who hurt right. you, how you messed up. Right. Why? Because you just keep reinforcing that imagery in your head. And it's hard to see yourself as a champion when you keep rehearsing how you lost. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we talk about is that, you know, when Tay used to play basketball, one of the things that we tried to teach her was you got to let go of the last, mm -hmm. like last, whether that's good or bad, right? right? You miss a shot, right. you got to shake it off and you get back. You hit a shot, you got to shake it off and you got to get back, yeah. right? So to me, this visualization component is so important because I don't think it's that people don't know how to visualize. I think that people have been trained in the negative regarding visualization. So in Instead of visualizing God as a provider, instead of visualizing themselves in a place of peace, instead of visualizing themselves with more than enough money, instead of visualizing their bodies without pain, what they do is they rehearse the trouble. But I submit to you that they do that, though, because they don't do number one. They, oh, they're not verbalizing amen. the word. They're verbalizing something else, which they are then painting pictures off of that. So it starts with it their verbalizing with the word. You they're verbalizing the word. what they feel. Yes. They're verbalizing what someone said about yes. them. Or their their own thoughts, their, their own, own thoughts. fears, their own doubts. But he says that's why Joshua in Joshua 1 and 8, he says this book of the law. This book. He, he's not talking about anything else. He said these first these first five books, the Pentateuch, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. This is what you ought to be verbalizing. What did God say about you here? 
What did God say about you there? What did God say he was going to do for you in this situation? What did God say he would do for you? God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you even to the end of the world. Is that what you're visualizing? I mean, is that what you're verbalizing? Because if it's not what you're verbalizing, it won't be what you're visualizing. Yes. So you got to verbalize the right thing. And then it creates the right pictures, images, and animation in your mind. And then he said, you got to internalize that. You know, this word internalization is simply the verb to internalize. Well, what does it mean to internalize? Dr. Hillier said it means to, to incorporate something within the self as conscious or subconscious. Yes. It means that I've got to take this word, and, I, and, and that's why it goes to number four with repetition. I got to do it enough that it moves beyond here in my, in, in my, in my conscious realm into my heart, which is my subconscious realm. Why do I say that? Because whatever is in you is what's going to come out of you. Yes. It's not what you yes. can produce in your head. It's what comes out of you in a time of pressure. What comes out of you in pressure? If, if the word is in you in a pressure situation, the word's going to show up. But if cuss is in you, you if, if doubt is in you, if fear is in you, mm -hmm. if, 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 if anything is in you, right, then it is going to come out of you. But how did it get here? It started here. It started here. Which is why I always say you got to do what? You got to tame your thoughts. You got to tame your tongue. You got to tame your heart. heart. And you got to tame, tame your team. If you don't temperament, tame, but it's your, temperament, your temperament is a team. Your, yes, your, your right. temperament, your heart. If, but if you don't train those four areas, then when you're trying to meditate, there's going to be a battle. Because you're trying to meditate, you're trying to verbalize the word, but you haven't tamed your thoughts. So your thoughts are telling you that the word won't work. Yes. So if you can do those four things and then you can understand these, these four things about what meditation really is, it puts you at an advantage. You said you, you keep using something and it's interesting because you didn't use this word so much when we talked about it yesterday. And I want to know why you're using this word, because I think it'll give them some insight. You use the word animation. Yes. Why do you say animation? Well, because for me, you know, um, animation is the idea of, you know, I, I like cartoons. I mean, there's, there's people who know me know I like cartoons. I like Disney movies that are cartoon movies. Right. And, and, and when you talk about an animation, an animation is kind of like a, a, a picture. It's like a, a movie, right? So when I'm when I'm reading God's word, I, it, it is creating a movie for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not just a a a, a, bl a blanket diagram, right? Because you can get a you can get an image. It's a it's a static image, a two do a, a two D image, right? But to me, the word ought to become alive and ought to be like a 3D image. It ought to be like animation. It ought to be. It ought to have moving parts. You ought to see it. Like when I read the Bible and I read about David. Or I read about Samson, or I read about Daniel and the lines, then I read about the three. I am I'm seeing what they look like. I'm seeing their clothes, I'm seeing their hair, I'm thinking about how their emotions, what they this felt like. Because good. if the word becomes alive to you like that, it transitions from your um head knowledge, from your conscious to your unconscious. So then when pressure comes, that's what comes out of me. Oh, this is so good. Now you taught you taught partnership class on Wednesday, mm -hmm. and you and one of the things you talked about was the danger of offense. Mm -hmm. So here's what I'm saying. I I, I want to know if you agree with this, right? That in re, that many people are proficient at meditation. That's why they stay in offense. That's why they stay in fear because they're actually doing these things you have on this list. Yeah. They keep they're verbalizing what happened mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. They keep visualizing what happened mm -hmm. to them. They, they keep internalizing what happened to them and, they and they do it repetitively. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so then, so it's because not repetition is a key learning mechanism. Yeah. So if you know anybody who's on this live right now is probably old enough to know when you used to do those, uh, those multiplication, uh, things in, in back in school and, and they gave you a hundred of them and you had to see how many you could get done in 60 seconds. You didn't have time to be trying to, to figure it right, out. Yeah. You just had to look and know and, and get and get going, right? Because it was repetition. And so repetition is a key learning uh, mechanism because it helps you transition some skill or some other information into your conscious or subconscious. And so there you're, you're exactly right. If I get offended, right? I'm verbalizing my offense, even if I'm verbalizing it to myself. To myself, because I right. may not be telling anybody right, right, else. Right. right, But every time I see you, I'm talking to myself about you. Is this helping you guys? Are you understanding how to practically do that? So then after I'm verbalizing, yes. what am I doing? Now I'm visualizing. Mm -hmm. I'm, sometimes I'm visualizing what I'm going to do to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or I'm visualizing what I'm going to say to you. Or mm -hmm. I'm visualizing, you know, if you come up and say something to me, what I'm going to say. I, you know how people be practicing what they say if somebody come up and say something. Mm -hmm. but, but either way, you're visualizing it. You're getting a visual 
picture. And what that is doing is it is leaving here and it's getting in your heart because you're internalizing it. It's becoming who you are. It's becoming who you are and the repetition of yes. it, right? It's also causing a path to run yes. in your brain. Yes. So now you're more easily offended. A, and not just a path, a neural path. A neural In path. other words, I have thinking feelings with what's going on. Yes. I got thinking, feeling with all of that that's going Internalization, on. Internalization, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And so now what happens, but I think that this is important because we're talking about how power and authority belongs to me, right? But you talked about how if a per that a person who is easily offended, mm -hmm. hear this, I thought this was so <sighs> profound that you said this, a person who is easily offended lives as a victim yes. and every victim is a loser. Yes. 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 It, it sounds harsh, but it's true if you think about it logically. Yes. If I am offended, then I have abdicated my power mm. to feel a particular mm. way to someone else. Mm. That means they win. Mm. If they win, I lose. Mm. So if they win and I lose, then if I become offended, then I place myself in the position of a victim. And therefore, as a victim, I am a loser. So if someone injures me, mm -hmm. right? The, the strategy of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. His most powerful way to do that is he uses people against each other, yep. right? Mm -hmm. He tries to use me against you, you against me, us against mm -hmm. the world, all of that different stuff, mm -hmm. right? So the more I verbalize yep. how sister so-and-so injured me, mm -hmm. right? Yep. The more I visualize yep. how sister so-and-so injured me, yep. the more I internalize yep. it. So now I begin to have the same emotion. So now it's 20 years later yep. and I'm still able to get as angry or as hurt or cry as yep. much as the first time it happened to me. And now because I'm- Because it's not just head knowledge anymore. Yeah. Now it's in your heart. Now it's in your conscience. Now, now, now every emotion gets filtered through that feeling. Oh, that's so good. Every emotion gets filtered through that feeling. And that's why you can't, that's why you can't get over it. When people say, I can't get over it. And it's, and, and, and it's also what happens when people mm. lose someone. Mm. When someone lose someone and they, mm. and, they, and they say things like, I don't know if I can go on. I can't live without them. It's the reason why when I heard people use that language, I have to talk to them and I have to say to them, now, let me tell you what you're doing. I understand what you're feeling. But when you begin to say, I don't know if I can go on, I can't live without, that's why I tell you all the time, don't ever say that about me. If I leave this earth before you, don't you ever dare say you can't live without me. Because I, I, I know, don't I, to, I, I, I know, I know, I know. But you've heard people say that. I know I you've worked with people who say I've worked with people who say and, that. And as a result, what we don't let doing, our kids say no, it. No, no, We don't let our not. kids say it. And, and, and it sounds, it sounds noble and it sounds, um, you know, uh, it sounds honorable, yes. but it's actually a trap of the enemy. It is, it is the bait of Satan yes. to think that your love, now that love now says, I can't live if you don't live. Because what happens, the first thing they do is they visualize, they, they verbalize it. Yes. And once they verbalize it, they start, they start, they start, they start to visualize what life is like without you mm -hmm. and they do it in the negative mm -hmm. and then once they do that they begin to internalize that they repeat that cycle over and over over it becomes their key learning as it becomes their key learning then they're repeating that cycle that's over and really over good. and over and that's why people get stuck now and here now let's tie this let's tie loss back to offense okay. right because if i've spent my life saying i can't live if my mama don't make it right mm -hmm. so then when it is my mother's time to pass mm -hmm. or even if she dies prematurely mm -hmm. right now i'm offended with God yes. because I said yes. because I began to build in yes. my heart that I could not live yes. if my mama yep. did not live yep. right yep. now I am offended with God that my mother died and I feel like prematurely because I have attached myself to a visualization and a verbalization that I cannot live without my mother so here we go yep. I may not physically die but I'm gonna stop living yes I may not yes. physically die. I may not commit suicide, but I'm going to physically die. What I'm going to physically stop mm -hmm. living. What is that going to translate into? That means that now when there are moments that I should be able to yes. enjoy, I am not going to enjoy yes. them because I'm going to be saying, I wish my mama was here. Nothing is the same. Thanksgiving will never be the same because even my mama isn't even here. Even when you're having a great moment, that's even, what you'll be thinking That's about. what you yep. will be thinking. Yep. Is this making sense? Because one of the things we talked about yesterday as we were driving is that we really want you guys to understand the tricks of the enemy because the tricks of the enemy is why is how he gets you to step out of your position of authority. Mm -hmm. Nietzsche says this is helping the people. So understand that if I get offended and, and I, I, I listen, when you said that on Wednesday night, I literally jumped up out of the bed because I was like, 
That is the bait of Satan. And so many believers do not realize how easily offendable they are. And so they get it. I love this cycle right here. They get into this cycle. Now, what we're trying to say to you guys is now you, is you've got the steps to this yes. cycle. You've been some, doing it. Some of you have been doing it unwitting, unwittingly. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to continue to do that. Uh, and here's the thing. These are the, me the mechanics of meditation. The right? mechanics. So, so they work regardless to whether it's good or bad, you have to infuse the information. Well, it's like we talk about, this is just principles. It's like gravity. Gravity. <laughs> right. And gravity is right. going to work no matter who gets involved mm -hmm. in it. So now what we are asking you to do yes. is we are asking you to take a word and let that word become your verbalization. Yes. Let that word become your vis visualization. Here's a good example. Um, There is a scripture I gave somebody this week in, in, in Psalms 18. He says, I, it says, I cried out to the Lord and he delivered, he, he heard me he heard and he delivered me from, from my fears, yeah, from all, all of my, my fears. fears. I cried out to the Lord. He heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. That scripture must become more than words. Yes. It must become that you meditate on that scripture and you say it so much that when you find yourself feeling afraid that you hear yourself, you hear yourself saying, no, but I cry out to the Lord when I'm in fear. So now what begins to happen mm -hmm. is that instead of sinking mm -hmm. into my fear, I begin to say, wait a minute, if I feel afraid, what should I do? I cry out to the Lord mm -hmm. when I'm afraid, right? I cry out to the Lord when I'm afraid and he hears me. Mm -hmm. So I begin to visualize God hearing me. So because God is hearing me and then he delivered me from all of my fears, I start paying attention to the instructions that God is giving me yep. that will cause me to be delivered. Yep. Yep. If I am, I want y'all to hear me. I want you to hear me. I, if you are unwilling to meditate on scripture mm -hmm. like this, if you are unwilling to meditate on scripture like this, you may die and go to heaven, yeah. but the enemy will literally torment you. You will be living. You, some of you, you're, and you'll be full. Of, you'll be full of words. You'll have intellectually, intellectually, you'll be able to craft um, and lay scripture together for people who come and ask you for help. And you'll be able to lay scripture together and give them uh, line up online, precept upon precept, but you won't be able to live it. And what good does it do to be full of information and not be able to live it? And not it's why Proverbs it. 4 and 7 says wisdom is the principal thing. It says, uh, therefore, do what? Get wisdom. And in all thy getting, get what? Understand. Understand. Get understanding. And the thing I love most in this is that in repetition, yep. right? Repetition is the act of repeating or restating something more than once that has already been said or written. That's why Joshua said this book. This book. He was very specific. He said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Not not, not just not just any old random thing. He said, This is your basis. This right here is what you ought to be saying over and over and over. And then and, so that way you can visualize it over and over and over. Yes. So you can internalize it over and over this and over. So, so you can repeat it over this, and over and over. Uh, do you guys think this is as good as I do? Let me tell you something. And the truth of it is you need to understand the Bible tells us we've been in the scripture in Colossians where it says that Satan has been Satan was mm -hmm. made an open show up. Mm -hmm. So where does the enemy beat us? Yeah. In our minds. Yeah. The enemy beats you in your mind. I said on Wednesday, I said there were three areas that yes. the enemy uses to defeat the believer. It is through doubt, it is through fear, and it's through offense. Those are his three major weapons. Anything else that he's using, you can track it back to one of those. One of those It three. is doubt, it is fear, and it's offense. And I said this on Wednesday, and I said all the time when I talk about offense, the way offense works, if you get offended, with anybody or God or his word or whatever, it's like taking the doors and windows off of your entire house. You leave everything of value open to anybody who wants to come by and plunder. You know, you you, mm. you, you cannot uh, get yourself in a place mm. of offense. Mm. And offense comes by following these four key components of meditation. Babe, but this is so good because understand, like think about, the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Mm -hmm. So here's what he 10. does. It says, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundant. Yep. So Jesus literally goes to hell, takes the keys, gives us all power, right? Yep. The enemy says, listen, I'm going to use three strategies over and over, over again. and over again. I'm going to use three strategies, nothing new. I'm going to use three strategies yep. over and over again yep. to get the people yep. of God in bondage. Yep. I'm going to use fear. Yep. I'm going to use doubt. And I'm going to use yep. offense. He says, but here's why he really likes offense. I want you to understand why he really likes offense. And you just said it because offense 
takes all of the doors yep. and the windows off your house. So yep. imagine this. Yep. God is giving you a house. Now here's visualization. Here's visualization. Here's visualization. <laughs> God is giving you a house. Yep. In that house, there is peace. Yep. There is health. There's joy. There is joy. There is prosperity. Yep. There is love. Yep. There is favor. Yep. Everything you need is mm -hmm. in that house. Yep. And then something happens mm -hmm. that you believe you have. Something the proceeds. Some, or real, because some, some, some offenses are just perceived offenses. Some, some, some offenses are just <laughs> so something perceived. happens as perceived or real, and when that happens, now you decide to take off all the windows and all the doors of your home and leave all of that stuff uh, exposed. But babe, listen to what you said. When I get offended. The devil doesn't take the no, door off. Uh -uh. He don't have the authority he to doesn't. take the door nope, off. Nope. He doesn't have the authority to take the window he off. He can't even come in to take the windows out or the doors off the hinges. That has to be done from the inside. I do that. Yep. I get offended. I believe I have the right to be offended with God, the right to be offended with my mother, the right to be offended with and my I pastor. And I verbalize that. And I verbalize <laughs> that. Yep. And then I begin to visualize yep. that. And then I begin to eternalize yep. that. And then I operate in repetition in that. And then I don't understand why I live in a perpetual state of warfare. Yes. Because I'm living yes. in a house yes. with no windows and yes. no doors. And once the windows and the doors are off, the Bible says this. It says where there is offense, yes. where there's strife, that, where there's or, strife offense. or offense, uh -huh. There is every, every evil every, work. Every evil every, work. I want you to understand how crafty this thing is. Because if you under, the Bible says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Yes. So if I can begin to understand that anytime the enemy's playing with me, yep. anytime he's dealing with me, he's dealing with me in the area of fear. Yep. He's dealing with me in the area of doubt. doubt. He's dealing with me in the area, area of offense. Of and I really do believe that. And you can call people, it something else, but it's going to track back to those three. It's going to track We've done back the to research. one of those. We've three. done We've the research. Listen, let it's me tell you track back to those three. Even both biblical research and psychological, psychological. research right. tells That's us right. that even anger is rooted in fear. Yep. Unless you have the holy God yep. anger. And yep. most of the yep. anger that we yep. operate yep. in, it is not holy God anger. It is fear. Yep. It is fear-based. Yep. And so what we try to do is that we try to call things all these things other than what God calls mm -hmm. them. And when we won't call them what God calls them, we won't deal with them appropriately. Yep. If we say things like, here's an example. Mm -hmm. I've seen preachers say this. A little fear is good for everybody. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, says a little leaven. A, leaven little, whole, a little yeast, yeast makes the, the whole cake. cake. So everybody's afraid of something okay everybody may be afraid of something then everybody should be using the word to not be afraid of mm -hmm. anything but if you believe that a little fear a little anxiety everybody got to be stressed everybody about to be going through sometimes everybody has something going on but where did they get that from not from the book of the law they did not get that from <laughs> they the did book not. of the law and that's the reason that hosea tells us in hosea 4 you 6 teach says, him, my people are destroyed why for lack of knowledge so you got knowledge or information but you didn't get it from the you didn't get it from the right source that's why Joshua again says to them, "This book of the law is what you ought to be not, what, 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 is, is what should not be departing out of your mouth." Now I'm gonna do you like you used to do me years okay. ago, but read the rest of that scripture. He says, "My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge." He says, "Because you've rejected knowledge, I will also then reject thee, that thou shalt be no more priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God." You forgot the law. I will also then forget your children. So understand, this is what he says he says it is not that you don't have wisdom right it's not that you it's don't have that you don't have you. knowledge yep. it is that literally here is literally you're, what you're happened. rejecting it Li literally this is what happened and, and and i've been in this state before we I've, all have i've been honest. in this state before. we all have there have been times where i have talked to you about something that happened to me that offended me right yep. and you will be offering me a different perspective and trying to get me to step out of it yep. but in reality i'm not ready to step out of mm -hmm. it yet because i'm still offended that some Someone would dare say, do whatever happened, whatever I perceive yep. happened, right? And what happens is we see this all the time as pastors, yep. right? Somebody will reach out to us and we will say, here's a good example. We gave our partners an instruction yep. to meditate on this scripture. Yep every single day yep. for seven days. Yep. I can guarantee you based on research, yep. less than 20% of yep. the people did it. Yep. 
Now, the 80% of the people who didn't do it this week, they felt anxiety. Mm -hmm. This week, they felt stress. This week, they struggled with money. This week, they had all kinds of issues. But what they decided to do was they decided to verbalize something other than the law. And then they say, I don't understand why I feel so bad. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not that they don't have access to knowledge, but that they reject knowledge. Last night when we came back, we watched Arkansas play. I started feeling myself get tired, mm -hmm. right? I got a headache, right? Yep. What did I say to you? I am about to take some Tylenol mm -hmm. and put my healing scripture on. Yep. I'm going to do the natural. I'm going to yep. put some Tylenol yep. on, but yep. I'm about to pull out T.L. Yep. Osborne, yep. and I'm about to let the word go to work yep. because I know what they say about yep. the symptoms, but I don't have to accept all of that. I'm going to let the word, because Proverbs tell me that the word is medicine. Yep. Pastor Cynthia says it like this. She says, don't just meditate on the word, medicate on mm -hmm. the word. Many believers, you're sick in your body. You're sick in your mind. When I say sick in your mind, anxious, stressed, depressed, all of that stuff. And when someone says to you, hey, babe, mm -hmm. have you spent any time in mm -hmm. the word? Mm -hmm. We often get offended. We often, how many of you would just be honest and say that you have been offended sometimes when someone tried to offer you the word because in your mind, the word wasn't enough. Yeah. Yep, the word wasn't enough. All, we've all been there. We've, we've all been there where someone you 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 start to verbalize what it is that you're verbalizing, and somebody rebuffs that because what they're trying to do is to get you to not go to the next step in visualizing what you're verbalizing. Right? They're trying to get you to to visualize the word instead of that, and then you be like, oh, I don't want to hear all that. Or so, I don't want to hear. All I don't want to hear about that. I need. I need. I need something real. You know, I need real. <laughs> as though something's more real than the word of God. But but we've all done it. It's happened to all of us before. And so it's just in, you know, when we were talking, we you know, car rides sometimes are our best communication time. Yes. We just in the car. We just don't talk about the word eventually. It, uh, it, and, and, and we were talking about this. I even I was saying to y'all saying, hey, on Friday night, it was so interesting because Dr. Hillier was talking about this. You know, and I was like, this goes. We didn't say it this way last week. But this is exactly what it, what we what we were trying to get people to understand when we were talking about our imagination and stuff. I was like, if you're going to become a student of the word, being a student of the word is not about how many scriptures you can quote. Please, being me. a student of the word is not about whether you're talented with you with using a concordance. It's not about whether you know what a Greek or a Hebrew word means. All of that is great, but what can you live? What can you live? What can you live? Put that in the comments. But what can what you can, live can, though? I mean, what, what what can you live though? I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. Yes, you understand, uh, you know, uh, about the Hebrew and the Greek and, and you and you understand how to connect what this word means and what this word means. And maybe you understand some cultural aspect of it. That's wonderful. But there are so many people who know information but can't do anything with it. A physicist can tell you exactly the right angle you need to have to shoot a jump shot to be 99 percent proficient in shooting a jump shot. He can tell you the angle, the trajectory and all that. But he ain't in the NBA. Why? Because he can't do it. So just because you got scripture, just because you can tell somebody what everything means, what can you live? What can you live? And I, I, I really think it's one of the things I really love. You know, I've said many times, you know, I publicly said it. I said many times that even if you weren't my husband, you would have had to be my pastor because it has been your practical approach. What are we going to do with this word after we hear it? Yeah, that has changed yeah. my life. Yeah. If we cannot. Uh, and, and the truth of it is, is that that's the reason many of you have been so frustrated. Some of y'all to be tagging and sharing. It's some, it's some you, people who need to hear this because they, they, they will break some cycles in their lives. They will stop worrying you if you would just get this information to them so that they can understand and see themselves that they are really perpetuating their own cycle. No, you're, per oh, yeah. Mm. They're perpetuating their You're own perpetuating cycle. your own cycle. And then what happens for people is that when you get offended, when you get offended with Pastor Chris, when she gives you the word, when you wanted her to rub you on your back. Mm -hmm. Now what you do is you withdraw from Pastor Chris and you start hanging with people who will help you rehearse your problems. Because you now, need somebody to verbalize. Because you with. need somebody to verbalize mm -hmm. that with. Right. And you really need to understand that when you're in a faith fight, when you're in a fight for your mind, when you are in a fight for your life, when you are in a fight yep. for a healing when you are in a fight for finances, you need people in your life who even when you don't want to hear the word, that is the only thing they will give you <laughs> because it is the only thing that has the power to transform your lives. I was thinking about this. Remember this? We went to dinner with everybody. This is pre-pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. And Jordan was listening to this song. 
Now, Jordan is sitting with us, right? Mm -hmm. And she is listening to this song about what happens when the people you love die. Oh, yeah. She is sitting yeah. at dinner with us. Yes. And she starts crying, crying at the table. And nobody, and nobody knows, knows why she's wrong. crying. Yep. Jordan, why are you crying? I'm listening to this song and it makes me so sad and it makes me think about what's going to happen when you guys aren't here. Jordan, are we here right now? Yes, ma'am. Jordan, will you please stop listening to this song? And then she says this. She says, but it's so beautiful. <laughs> she literally puts the headphones back. And many of you, many of you, yeah. I want you to she hear me. She went right back to that song. I want you to hear me. You think your story of struggle is beautiful. Mm. You have an attachment to it. Mm. That girl put them headphones right if back was, on. If we, if we was in, the, in a bar somewhere, I'd be... <laughs> you think your story is beautiful. Mm. You get what was happening, thinking, feeling cycle, which we say we're going to teach about next when we get mm. through with Your this. struggle ain't beautiful? Your Tell your neighbor your Ooh. struggle is not beautiful. She literally, she says, she says, but it's such a beautiful song. She literally puts her head Headphones back on, puts her headphones back on, sitting there with us, and begins, starts the song for play again. And by the end of it, she is boohooing again. Because she's still thinking about what it's going to be like someday in the long future when we're not with her. When we're not with even her. Even though the process of life is that we ought to go before she goes. And even though we're standing <laughs> right in front of her, right. she hear, hear what I'm saying. Yep. She can't enjoy us mm. because she is envisioning something that is not real, but she is making it more real than what is real. So what I hear you saying is there's some folk out there who can't enjoy what God wants to do in this season, what God wants to do in this year, because they are visualizing all the things that could go wrong or have gone wrong in the past, rather than accepting that this is the year of great harvest, mm -hmm. that this is their season of great harvest and their year of release. I'll take it even further. There are some people right now living the best life they've ever lived. But they can't enjoy it and they can't enjoy it because they keep verbalizing they keep visualizing they keep internalizing and they keep repeating something else And then they wonder why Monday starts out on a high after they've gotten out on church But on Wednesday they can barely lift their head up off the pillow Why because like Jordan they because here's what happens and they this keep is going so back important. to the headphones They keep going back to the headphones and I need you to understand this and mm. this is why repetition is so important in the right way did What did I do? You gave them a visualization. I gave them a visualization. People don't even realize that, but that's that that's what you just did you just gave them a visualization they know what it's like to put headphones on they know what it's like to hear music that's so beautiful that it makes you cry that 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 right there they won't forget that that's that's yes, why that's, that's why Jesus taught his disciples the way he taught them. He taught them in parables. Why? Because he was trying to paint a story for them because he knew if he could get them to hear it, they would verbalize it when they told other people. And then they would have to visualize that. They would have to internalize that. And as they went around teaching, they would repeat that. That was the cycle. That was hey, the mechanics. You teach. That it. was the mechanics of meditation. You and, but, and understand this. The reason you keep going back to this, because mm -hmm. you need to biologically understand yeah. what's happening yeah. to you. The reason you keep going back to this is because when you think a thought, yep. you release a chemical yep. and that chemical triggers a feeling. Yep. That is the thinking feeling cycle. It is. And many of you are addicted to your pain. Mm. You are addicted to your sorrow. Mm. You are addicted to your grief. Hear me. There is a part of you that wants joy. Mm -hmm. There is a part of you that wants to be happy. But you have your biological functions are addicted to crying. They are addicted to the feelings of depression. You literally get high off of them. And before you say you're not, don't get it twisted. There is nobody in the world who has ever been addicted to heroin, to meth, to cocaine, who want it to be. Yeah. They want it to be. What happens is their body begins to call for it. And what happens is that is why many of you, you cannot go 30 days of happiness because mm. you like Pookie and you like Gator. You begin to crave it. Now, you that's begin, a challenge. No, no, really. That's a challenge. 30 days of happiness. 30 days. Of, you, you don't know how to have 30 days of happiness. We've seen it in relationships. People will be like, I want a relationship with no drama. I want a relationship with no drama. Baby, you sitting on on home on Friday night and they know drama. Your man is at home. Y'all watching a movie with some popcorn and you like, oh, I'm so bored. Mm. Oh, I'm so bored. What's happening? Your mm. bio, your biology is now saying, 
um, we need to get high. Mm. We need to get high off of mm. that adrenaline when we had to chase John around town. We need to get high off of that. And so now you over there picking. Why you got to chew like that? And here's the thing, because the whole title of today's message is power and authority belongs to me. To me. So you, so what we have articulated, hopefully for you, is that you have the ability, you have the power and the ability to create whatever life you want. Mm -hmm. So whether you want to create this life where you are verbalizing God's word and visualizing God's word, internalizing God's word and repeating God's word, you have the power to do it. But you also have the power to verbalize the wrong thing. You also have the power to, to visualize the wrong thing. You also have the power to then internalize the wrong thing and to repeat that defeated cycle over and over again. So when we say you have power and ability, we don't just mean you have power and ability only to do what Christ wants you to do. He's giving you power and authority. The decision is how you're going to live. So let's go back to something we years ago we started saying. Your life today, friend, yes. is, is the, the sum, sum total of your most dominant, dominant thoughts. thoughts. Absolutely. Your life today, your life today, your money today, yep. your health today, yep. your mindset today, yep. your peace today. Yep. It is the sum, sum total of your, your most dominant thoughts. And if you don't want what you have, you must change. Ooh, you got to think something different. You must. You got to think something different. And sometimes to think something different, you need new information. And that's why I thought it was so important. I, I was like, you know what? Today we need to tell them. We need to uh, uh, illustrate for them. And I love that you said they know how to do it because they do. They do they know, do how, know to do how to do it. These They know how to do this just like they know how to do anything else in their life that is a principle, right? I mean, this, this this works just like the principle of thrust and lift, to lift the airplane in the air. It works the same way with gravity, right? These principles, these, these four key components, these four mechanisms of meditation, they work. We just need to work them in the right way. We need to work them in. And this is the reason, honestly, babe, that so many times believers are frustrated with non-believers. Mm -hmm. Because if you get into a place where people are, we, we would call them secular humans right, right, or people right. like that, you're not going to go in those spaces and see people av advocating rehearsing a negative cycle right, right. they're going to tell you hey if you want to make six figures every day you need to visualize yourself what would your account visualize yourself healthy visualize yourself in all and, and of this and that's why the church aka believers we got to be careful to always assume that something is the world they got this from god they got it from us they, they, it belongs this, to this, us this, this is this is what jesus was doing with his disciples this was happening before he even showed up on the scene because we saw in joshua 1 and 8 when he says this book of the law is what you ought to meditate on they was talking about when he was gonna come he was telling them meditate on this he ain't even here yet but meditate on this you can go back even further than that what did god say to abraham yeah. look at the stars he, he says, he says, if you want to know how many kids yep. you're going to have, yep. look at the stars. Yep. Then in the middle of a desert, he says, look at the sand. Yep. He's giving him a visual. He says, if you can count it, if then you, you can count your all. If you can count it. <laughs> and so I believe now I, this is what I believe when the things that I believe the enemy has hijacked mm -hmm. many mm -hmm. of our imaginations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that the key to walking in power and authority is that we've got to take our imagination mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. Our imagination has been hijacked. Mm -hmm. Anybody relate? to that your imagination has been hijacked now let me tell you this i want you and when you say imagination that's why i was really using that word animation, animation. because yes. it needs to be something that you can just not only just kind of kind of see off in the distance it needs to be almost a moving uh a moving mechanism in your mind seeing that word move and live no but i love that you used animation because i wanted people to understand it's not supposed to when i see the scripture of the lord is my shepherd that shouldn't be a steel picture right that right, should be movement. Right, right. I should see him yeah, leading yeah, me yes, as I'm yes. going. I should right? see him taking care of the sheep, taking them to green pasture, yes. watching out over the over them, making sure that they're all together, making sure that they're well. It's a whole entire, it's a whole moving picture. It's not just, it's not just words for me. It's not yes, just that's words what I was for trying me. to say. And so we want you to take, we want one of your very first steps. It listen, repentance always breaks the power of the mm -hmm. enemy. So those of you who are sitting here and you recognize recognize hear us we're not trying to beat you up we're not talking bad about you we're we're not we're not we're not putting you down we are simply saying to you we want you to understand how the enemy is hijacking mm -hmm. your life mm -hmm. and what you need to do is you need to repent the bible tells us 
maybe Ralph can find the scripture. It says, whatsoever things are pure and holy mm -hmm. and good, think on those mm -hmm. things. What we want you to do is we want you to become intentional about thinking about your thinking, mm -hmm. metacognition. I'm going to tell you the best way that you can do this. And this is something you and I, we have been, we've been talking about it for years. We've been diligently practicing it probably mm -hmm. for a decade, right? Yep. The problem for many people is that you honestly spend too much time trying to figure out why other people do what they do. Mm -hmm. That's a, here my practicality. We want to know. I want to know why did Edwin do what he did. Mm -hmm. I want to know why are my kids doing what they doing. I want to know why did somebody post what they posted on social media. What I need to become proficient at. I need to become proficient at is knowing why I'm responding the way I'm responding. So when someone, when you offer me the word and I'm in mm -hmm. a funky mood, mm -hmm. right? Instead of getting salty with you, I need to start to say, wait a minute. Why am I fighting against my own deliverance? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not me fighting against mm -hmm. my own deliverance. Right. The enemy's right. trying to keep right. me bound. Right. So now let me stop fighting against my yes. own deliverance and pick up this word and get in this word. Yep. I need to become metacognitive. I need to think about my own thinking. I made a post today and I talked about how when I make a post on Facebook, how I never, I never assume that my post is for everybody, but I assume it is for somebody, mm -hmm. right? I say you can scroll past. Yep. I say that you can unfriend. Yep. I unfollow. say three, unfollow yep. block. Yep. I say three, you can, you can um, make a passive aggressive post about my post on your post. Yep. I say number four, I forget what I said number four is, but number five, I say, or you could think about your thinking. Mm -hmm. And we have a friend, all these people commented on it and they talked about what they do. I do one, I block people, I do all of this stuff. And he said on the post, he said, but very few people are saying they do number five yep. because here's the thing. He said number five requires heavy lifting. Because number five requires heavy lifting, yep. right? It requires heavy lifting. Anytime you're going to deal with something internal to yourself, it's going to require heavy lifting. It's going to require heavy it's lifting. It's easy to make judgments and assumptions and, 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 and unqualified statements about somebody else. But when you have to go inside of yourself and really figure out why you jacked up, that's where the heavy lifting is. Here's a good example. Yesterday we were talking, because I'm always willing to tell on myself. Okay. We were talking and we were talking about, we knew that someone had said something about me. Mm -hmm. We knew that. Mm -hmm. And I made a comment and I said, but they didn't say anything about you. And you said to me, you don't actually know that. That's right. You only know what you heard that they said about you. Right. And then you said to me, and if you believe that, you're going to make this bigger than it is. Mm -hmm. Because, now, because because I didn't really want to hear that, but, right, you, right. but I did come but back you, and I said, I said, back. you're you right. Did, you did. I said, you're right. right. I don't know that. You, you kind of turn your shoulders over, over toward the window I'm <laughs> when like, I said it to you. Hear that. Don't nobody want to hear that. <laughs> but it's true, though, because and we all do that. Right. We we have a piece of information. And because we have a piece of information, we build something we actually don't really know onto that piece of information, which then makes it seem like the whole thing is true. And then because the whole thing becomes true in our mind, our behavior is subsequently uh, tied to that untruth. So now I'm believing something that's not totally true. I'm behaving based on something that's untrue. And, and I'm going to end up with the wrong outcome because I have to be I have to be self-reflective. And you were. It, I mean, the truth of the matter is after about five miles of driving, you came back and you was like, you know what? You're actually right. I'll be honest. I knew you was right like the first 15 oh, seconds. Oh, I knew you knew I was right. But but right. I, I ain't really want to I ain't really want to hear that. And see, you see what and I'm saying? We've all done that. But we've you gotta have that. the kind of maturity yeah. to say yeah. that. Now I want to give y'all a biblical example. I want to give y'all a word-based example of how this happens. When okay. we but what you just said, we take some information, right? Yep. And we build it on something that's not true. Yep. Right? You take so a piece of that maybe we true. take that we take a piece that may be true. And you take something that's not true. But any but, but but just like anytime you take a negative and a positive number, you're gonna end up with a negative number. That's right. So, now the Bible tells us if we read the gospels yep. over and over again, the Bible tells us Jesus healed them all. Yep. That's what it says. It and is. Jesus healed mm -hmm. them all. Mm -hmm. It tells us everywhere he went, even in the place where he says they didn't have a lot of faith, it says that he still did some miracles. Mm -hmm. So Jesus healed them all. Mm -hmm. Anybody who comes to Jesus, no man comes to Jesus receiving and doesn't re believing and mm -hmm. doesn't receive, mm -hmm. right? 
Now, here's what happens. You grew up in a church that didn't see a lot of healing. Yep. So then what happened is that people begin to teach things like this. We don't know what the Lord's will is. Mm -hmm. That's actually not true. We can open scripture yep. and we can see yep. what God's yep. will is yep. regarding healing. Yes. One of God's names yes. is Jehovah Rapha. Yes. That name is composed the in The Lord Jesus. God who heals. The Lord God. His name <laughs> yes. is Jehovah Rapha, yes. the Lord God who heals. Yes. Now, here's the thing, though. But now someone I perceive to be a good Christian dies of a disease, mm -hmm. right? And now someone comes along with some bad theology because mm -hmm. it is easier for us to say that God didn't want to heal mm -hmm. them. It is easier for us to say that God doesn't heal everybody than for us to say, what do we not understand? Or, or to say, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. It's okay to say, I'm not sure what happened. We pray, we believe. This was the outcome. I still trust God. I still, but I'm saying that we, before we get to that point, I'm saying that it has been easier for people to say, this is God. Someone didn't get oh, okay, healed okay. because of God. Oh, okay. God doesn't heal everybody. God doesn't do all these things. What metacognition would say, if the Bible tells us this and tells us as Jesus is in this world, so are we. Our goal is to be able to do what you said. We're not really sure what happened, yeah. but we still believe this word. Sure. And because we still believe this word, we're not going to run away from healing. We're going to press into healing to try to get wisdom is the principal thing. Yep. What's the piece of wisdom that we didn't have? So now for many people, when you get sick, here, here's what happens, because you just said if you take a positive and a negative, you're always going to get if what? If you multiply a negative. If you yeah. multiply yeah, a positive a and negative. a negative, you're yeah. always going to get a negative. Yeah. So you got people who are literally trying to pray for healing, but they believe God gives sickness. Yep. So now what happens? Here's the question I want to ask you. If you believe that God makes people sick, then how do you ask him to heal you? Yeah. If God is the one who did it, how do you make him heal you? How do you even have confidence to ask him to heal you? And then here you is. You don't. That's why you double mind. That's why you double mind it. And, and, and in addition to this, what we do is then we say, um, I love it. Joshua just said it. He says healing doesn't necessarily mean staying on earth. Right. In actual, in that is a way, that is a but way. that is a way, but that's also a thing that keeps us from pushing for understanding what Jesus did on the earth because we don't actually see Jesus telling people letting people die and then saying healing doesn't act doesn't have to take place on earth that is something we have said to be able to justify what we understand what i'm saying to you is that if i don't believe if i have this tainted mixed up belief and on one hand i want to ask god to heal me but on the other hand i got this bad teaching about god healing me then what I'm going to do is that the, if I'm in fear, if I'm in offense, if I'm in doubt, I'm going to verbalize the people I know who died. That is why many times when people say someone is sick, they tell you about the people who died from that. My cousin had cancer and she didn't make it. My so-and-so, they, did, they didn't make it, right? And then I'm going to begin to visualize. My big mama, she showed it love the Lord and she never got healed. And then I'm going to internalize that and I'm going to take that on as my story. And then I'm going to have repetition in that. And then I'm going to wonder why healing doesn't become a reality in my life. When, if I just think about my thinking, I could ask God to teach me what I don't know even when that means that sometimes we don't get the outcome that we expected, we don't get offended with God, we don't begin to doubt God, and we don't get into fear regarding God. I wanted to, because I think that, that that's practically where people go. They live in this double-minded kind of space where it's like, I believe that I have the power and authority to heal until something doesn't happen. I got these stories from my grandmama. Yeah, but I, and I, I would say that it's, it's even deeper than that. Okay. They have that, they, they believe that until something happens and it doesn't, which really only illuminates that it was head knowledge. Ooh, okay. So it's, to me, it's, it's, much, it's, it's deeper, but much simpler than that. If I say I believe God and I believe God, I'm gonna get a new house. But then when I don't get a house, I now don't believe God. I never actually believed it. I thought it. And there's a difference. You can't unconvince someone about what they believe. Ooh. I, I believe I'm a black man. You can't convince me otherwise. I don't care how many pictures you show me. I don't care how much, how much theology you bring to me. I am a black man. That's who I am. I believe that. When you believe something, like you can't that. be talked out of it. Now, when you think something, someone can give you a different fault. So that's that's that. I mean, to me, that's that's what I think when I when I see that's people do that. Best. I challenge people when they say I believe God, but now I'm not sure. You didn't believe. You fought because the Bible says, "How can you believe and then t and put your hand to the plow and then turn backwards?" Did you ever really believe? 
So to me, that's 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 why I think of it. But you know, like that's me. Well, <laughs> listen. Let me be the grasshopper who just stepped back. <laughs> no, uh, I'm not saying no, you're no, wrong. No, no, I'm not no, no, you're wrong. no, no, no. I think you're right. No. I just think that people. I think people overthink it. When the when the brutal reality Go back to the comments. When the, the, when the brutal reality is you didn't believe, and people get offended if you tell them that, but you didn't believe. If you believe, you would still be believing. I'm shook it. <laughs> no, I am shook it. <laughs> you, I spent all of them. Listen, this is what I did. I spent all of this time trying to get an illustration, and you said, you said, yeah. What happened is we didn't actually believe. Didn't. We just thought it. Yes. You okay? Would you agree, though? I do. That's okay. why I stopped talking. I do. I do. You might well go ahead and take us to the cross. I mean, take us to the cross. Let us, you know, all night Friday night, listen. and then let, 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 child, we, we, you, listen. The people, they like they should. Y'all, I did all of that work trying to you give were, y'all. You were giving good no. example. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, ah. No, no, no. You should have interrupted me three paragraphs. No, in, you were going. Like, it was no. good. You should have been like, wait a minute, babe. You about to work way too hard. You about to work way too hard. You. The truth of it is, there is a difference between believing something mm -hmm. and thinking something. Yes. And we find out the difference in pressure. We do. Now, there you go. That's it. That's it. You just took him to the cross. <laughs> that's it. Listen, I don't know. I don't, listen, that's we, we'll come back. And I'm going to lay down over here, y'all. Put a rug or put a blanket over me. We'll actually come back next week and talk about the, the, See, people, the power. See, Pete, I'm not the only one shook it. What? Other people shook it. <laughs> shook Other it. people are shook. No, I'm, sh I'm, I'm shook it. Really. You broke that thing down, made it so simple, child. Well, because here's the thing. It's what I say to myself, right? If I find myself in a, in a faith failure, and I say a faith failure because the failure is not a part of my faith, it's a part of me. And so if I find myself in a faith failure, I don't look at God. I'm like, whoa, what's, what, if, if you say you're not believing now. Did you ever believe? Did you ever believe? Because if you believe, what, ha what, what, what stopped you from believing? Because if you believe, then what happened in the world, which is temporal, which means it's subject to change, ought not be dictating something that's eternal. I'm believing in an eternal God. So if I'm believing in an eternal God, how am I letting some temporary situation uh, derail me from believing in an eternal God? It, it's just you have to be you have to do the heavy lifting. You have to say, oh, I wasn't really believing. I was I was hoping I was wishing I was in deep uh, want, but I, but I wasn't in faith. I just cashed. I just sent you a seat. I just sent you a seat. You just changed my whole life right there. Listen, I've been doing. I'll be doing all of this work in the inbox with people. I'm just gonna start saying. It's did really you good ever? Work. Did you ever? No, no, no. I'm working way too hard. Excuse me. Did you ever even believe? Where's the? Where did you ever even believe? Did you believe? That's what. That's what I asked myself. Did you really believe? Because if you really believe, why are you now not believing? I want to say this seriously though. But this is the kind of way you've always challenged us. This is the way you've always challenged us that causes our faith to move from our head into our lives. That's that's the only way you because can be you've successful. always challenged us to be like, but did you really believe? Yeah. But but did you really believe? And let me tell you something. I, I'm gonna help you. If you haven't studied scripture on something, you didn't believe no. because the Bible says faith comes by hearing the word, the word is your anchor. That's why you can that's why you can believe today and then something happens next week and you go, well, I don't know if I believe that anymore. You didn't have an anchor. You were in the ocean just floating. You didn't have the word to anchor you. So that when those waves came, you could still be believing. So the truth of it is, is that for many of us, we don't actually know that we don't believe when things are going well. That's why the Bible says we ought to give we ought to thank God for the trials and tribulations that come. Because why? They come and they prove to us our patience. What is patience? Consistency. Can you stay in the same place when everything around you is going crazy? Or are you going to be like the world and decide you're going to give up and pull up your anchor and just let the waves take you where they want to? And for too many people, that is what they do. And we, you can sugarcoat it. You can try to make it sweet and nice to people so that you don't offend them. But the reality of it is people got to choose whether they're going to be offended or not. And then you just got to tell them the truth. And, and what the Holy Spirit has said to me many times before is if you're saying you don't know now, you don't believe now, did you ever believe then? 
And that's the heavy lifting. You have to go. No, you know what? I didn't. Let me go back to the word. Let me get fortified. Let me let me let me let me get let me drop this five pound anchor off and let me pick up a 25 pound anchor. Somebody's going to hold this ship the next time this wave comes, because my next time I'm not pulling up anchor. Those are the kind of things I say to myself when I'm having uh, uh, faith, faith competitions within myself or or possible faith failures, because it's never God. God is never the problem. 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 And I keep saying that to people over and over. You're mad at God, but you're mad at perfection. How you're mad at perfection? How you're mad at God? God is the one who held you even when the waves came and you pulled up anchor and the boat was about to turn you over. It was God who kept you from capsizing. So how am I get mad at him? What I need to do is go back and meditate on his word. I need to verbalize what he said. I need to visualize what he said. I need to internalize what he said. And I need to find myself repeating it over and over and over until it moves beyond my head knowledge into my heart. So then it becomes in my subconscious. So the next time the pressure comes, the next time the wind blows, the next time the waves get big, I will only say what the word says. So, you know how when somebody sing really good and people throw their shoe at them, <laughs> like when Chris be singing, like when somebody you like, let me throw my shoe up here. Listen, you oh, have taught it. us today, y'all. We done. It's time for you to sow your seed I'm into this my, good my, ground right up. here. Listen, there's nothing else to say, but I really want to know in your comments. I want you to tell me what you're thinking. I want to see these comments. If we, if you want to be a partner, man, you should come and be a part of this church. Um, but listen, this is this is how he talked to me in the car, though. Like real talk. But that like, is this is not this not conversation. This is how though. he talked to me in the car. Um, but I'm so blessed by the teaching that you gave today, man. Like that, that thing at the end, you just dropped the mic. But did you ever believe, though? And if I don't give the word my attention, the truth of it is, no, I didn't believe. I got excited. Mm -hmm. I got caught up in emotions. Mm -hmm. And then when pressure mm -hmm. came, I punked out and yeah. I caved in. And you like that seed to get sown on the ground and it springs up quickly. But then the problem comes, the sun shines on it and, and burns it away. You got to be you got to be good ground. And the way you become good ground is you got to spend time tilling that ground so you can get that seed in there. How do I till that ground? All those things we talked about, you know, you get in, you get in that word. You find out what God said about a situation and don't be moved because something temporal happens. Don't be moved because something in the world happens. If God said it, that's what you stick with, even if you got to stick with it by yourself.